Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 102, and we are pleased to have Mr. Clark Ribble, the head boys basketball coach at Beatrice High School here in Nebraska, defending state champion Beatrice Orangeman. And uh, we are just happy to have Coach Ribble on here. It's it's Christmas Eve for us here in Nebraska. Coach, do you do you have your milk and cookies out? Did you leave Santa a list? Uh, probably uh, on the top of that list would be like a six seven six eight post player who could step out and shoot the three about two twenty five ish. Would that would that be all right for you? Yeah, you know what? We don't grow them big here in Beatrice, but you know that 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 would that would be an interesting interesting addition to our team yeah that'd be that'd be something else <laughs> well, and when i say it's christmas eve it's because we start practice tomorrow here in nebraska so we're recording this on sunday night and you folks will be listening to it uh monday hopefully monday morning but uh, uh before we get going here with coach ribble we of course want to thank our founding sponsor cosac chiropractic located at 144th and maple here in omaha Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see Cosac Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at cosacchiro.com or give them a call at 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that you heard about Cosac Chiropractic from a pen and a napkin. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, you're listening. You're on iTunes, so be sure to download, rate, and review. Give us five stars so we can get the word out to gain momentum in the ratings so that we can help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Ribble, are you going to be able to sleep tonight? Absolutely. Um, that's one thing that I don't have a problem doing is um getting enough rest i i don't know why that is but marty i i'm i'm usually asleep by 10 o'clock and i'm up at 507 every morning so um i'm pretty lucky to have that that ability 507 that's uh is is that uh is like some twilight stone uh zone uh zone stuff here or what's going on with that no so Right. If you if you set your alarm for five o'clock, you're likely to hit the snooze button one time. And my snooze just happens to be seven minutes. So I set it for five oh seven to give myself that seven minutes of extra sleep every day. And I don't hit the snooze when I wake up at five oh seven. You you are more disciplined than I because they're <laughs> most mornings I'm beating the crap out of that snooze button a couple of times. So uh, well. But that's just the way it is. Just set it for seven minutes later, and you'll get seven more minutes of sleep. Okay. I'm going to try that. I'm I'm, going to try it. It's – so those of you that are listening to this know that I slept in an extra seven minutes because of Coach Ribble uh, this Monday. So, um, uh, Coach, uh, you know, you've you've had – you know, uh, a lot of uh, people are familiar with you here in the state of Nebraska, but you've kind of had a a winding journey. Uh, You know, we'll kind of get things uh, started with that. Uh, You know, tell us about your basketball journey, Coach, and and how did you end up in the uh, county seat of Gage County, Nebraska, USA? Yeah, well, um, basketball has kind of been in my blood since I was born. Uh, The the Ribbles have have always had a, a deep, deep basketball tradition. Um, going all the way back to my uncle Larry in his Central City playing days, and my my dad Ralph, 
Um, you know, they're Central City alumni um, back in the in the glory days of Central City, and Coach Blaze is trying to bring that back. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my father and uncle both were very athletic, um, and I grew up um, in Grand Island, Nebraska. Went to Grand Island Senior High School. Played under Mike Higgins and Craig Jacobson in the mid to late nineties, um, and I graduated in nineteen ninety seven from Grand Island Senior High and decided to pursue education. Um, went to UNK, graduated in two thousand three. Didn't play at UNK, but but um, studied the game and, mm-hmm. and studied what Coach Crop was doing at UNK and kind of the the people around Carney and, um, you know, Paul Baronic ended up being one of my really good friends and I got to know him while I was at Carney. Um, anyway, I got my first teaching job in Palm Desert, California. Um, and so, um, not knowing anybody out there, I packed up all my stuff and, um, headed out West. I was 23 and thought I had all the, all the answers and uh, got out there and taught elementary PE at a, at a public elementary school and uh, had an opportunity to, to help coach at a private high school called Marywood Palm Valley high school Okay, um, in Rancho Mirage, California, just probably about 15 minutes from where I, where I taught. And one of my good friends still to this day, Ken Simons gave me an opportunity to be a, a varsity assistant um we we had a jv team so i got to coach them too but it was under his guidance and and leadership that i really developed a strong passion for coaching basketball um and he's he's a he's a lifelong friend he's we he's at a, a small junior college up in california now and we still talk every week just you know checking in with each other and uh, uh, just seeing how things are going, seeing that they had to take the whole year off last year because of the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, he's getting things rolling again. Um, but anyway, after five years in California, Marty, we, my wife and I decided that you know, Nebraska is home to both of us. And um, we wanted to move back and start our family and um, raise our kids here and mm-hmm. uh, where, we, where we both grew up. So I got my first head coaching job in Amherst, Nebraska, just uh, a little to the west of Kearney. Um, and I was there for five years, had a great experience, learned a lot. Um, you know, still have some great friends there who who kind of helped, uh, helped me along my journey in coaching. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was a great stop in my, in my coaching career. Um, but I just wanted to challenge myself. And so then um, after five years, I – went to Henderson, Nebraska and was the head coach of the Heartland Huskies uh-huh. um, and was there from 2013 to 2018. And um, again, it, it was hard to leave because of the people. Uh-huh. I, I have a lot of great memories and great, I had great students, um, great friends that are in the Henderson area. Um, and I, I really kind of found my footing there, you know, in kind of what we're trying to do and um, 
I think every place that I've been, I've learned a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I've told people this, Marty, but I could have stayed in Henderson and been very comfortable for my career. Yeah. Um, you know, great community, great school, um, phenomenal administrators. But I have this part of me, Marty, that always wants to see if I can do something bigger. Yeah. And so I, I had to take a risk. I, You know, I... I, I knew two people when I interviewed at Beatrice from Beatrice. Mm-hmm. Um, two people that live here, Jim Edwards, longtime coach, and Jalen Weeks, the mm-hmm. head girls coach at Beatrice High School. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two humans I knew that <laughs> lived in Beatrice. Yeah. But, you know, I just had to, I had to go see him um, and see if I could do it at a bigger school. And um, I'm really, really fortunate that that I landed here, and um, you know I, I've had, felt great support from from the parents. Uh, we got players that love to play basketball here, mm-hmm. and and that started well before I got here. That mm-hmm. Beatrice has a rich tradition of basketball um, success, and we have. A community that really, really loves athletics here, and so I've been here. This is my this started my fourth year, Marty, and um, uh, I, I really feel comfortable where where I am and where we're raising our kids. And um, my wife and I are are building our foundation here, so very really, good. Really enjoy it. Um, you kind of spoke of your your journey as a head coach from Amherst to Heartland to Beatrice, and you, uh, you know, I. I don't know if you got a hold of my questions list or not, but um, you, you know, what what do you feel like your progression has been as a head coach in in these three stops? And you're you're, you're kind of you know five years at Amherst and then five years at Heartland, and now you're entering your fourth year at Beatrice. Uh, you know, what have been kind of those lessons that you referred to along the way, your growth as a coach, how do you feel like you've changed over the years or and maybe change isn't the right word, but it's, it's, you know, how do you feel like you've developed as a coach in that time? Yeah. Well, when I got hired in, in Amherst in 2008, I thought I knew it all. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I thought, okay, well, let's go win some state, state championships here at Amherst. And you go in blindly thinking you know all the answers. And um, I didn't know hardly anything about how to motivate or inspire or bring people along that can help um, with the youth program. And so um, Amherst really humbled me. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in one of my years at Amherst, we lost our first 13 games. Wow. And, yeah. and that was not in year one or year two. It was in year number three. And I, I'm like, God. And I would stay up. I'd stay at the school and with my assistant coach, Brent Nollett. Mm-hmm. And we would try and figure it out. We, You know, we just never quit. Yep. Um, we showed some resiliency and we battled back. And the next year with the same kids, we went 12 and 11. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I... I just think it built some toughness in me. Um, I think it humbled me. Uh, but when I moved on to Henderson, um, 
one of the big things was learning to develop kids, learning to get others to help um, that I can't do it by myself. Um, and the sooner, uh, to an extent, Marty, the sooner you can get them hooked on basketball, the better they're going to be. And I think that that started in Henderson. I, I didn't do a very good job of that in Amherst. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I've gotten really good at in my time at Beatrice is developing relationships with kids. You know, I, I go out of my way to to engage with students daily mm-hmm. and not just our players. Yeah. Right? I mean, that that those are easy. Right. I mean, yep. I could talk to our players for hours and hours and hours, but it, it's it's the students I have in class that are not interested in athletics. It's, um, you know, in, in, in Henderson, we just needed probably a youth coach for every two grades. Mm-hmm. Well, in Beatrice, what I found out is we need several coaches per grade. Yep. Because we have so many more kids who are interested in basketball. And so um, that ability to reach out to others and um, and get them on board with our mission is something that I've gotten better at during my time at Beatrice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, and I think those classroom connections are, are really important because you, you, you're gonna you're gonna spend so much time with your players that there's a pretty good chance you're gonna connect with with most of them, but yeah. you know you also want those kids from your classroom to come out and support the program and and get involved with it and be that energy that the players need when you have a big home game against a Norris or a Creed or whomever it may be. You know it, it's just nice to have that support from your student body as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I, w- I want everyone in Beatrice to love basketball, mm-hmm. not just our players, not just our coaches, not just our parents. I want it to be all 12,000 people in, in our town. So, you know, that, and, and you know what? It, Marty, to me, basketball is important, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's not the end-all, be-all. I, I want our kids to be confident. I want to improve their self-confidence. I want to improve their self-worth. Um, and one thing that I talk with our, our players a lot about is I want them to become productive fathers and husbands and basketball is just the vehicle we use to mold their behaviors so that hopefully when they're adults, they're productive members of society Yep, they can give, give back like we have. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it's bigger than basketball, but basketball is our is my passion um something i love to talk about love to teach so yep um you know you mentioned to me when when uh i I sent you some stuff to to fill out uh your high school coach tim higgins and of course your your uncle larry uh being two big basketball influences on you uh in, in what ways you know what what are one or two big things that each one of those uh gentlemen taught you that that you still carry with you today we'll start with coach higgins yeah coach higgins he okay so the biggest thing that tim did for me is he believed in me that was the number one thing so when i was in high school 
in Grand Island Senior High. I was a six foot five, probably 160 pound player. We'll just say player. <laughs> you had a uniform. Yeah, I had a uniform. You had a uniform. And, yep. and I was a terrific shooter. Mm-hmm. But our head coach at the time, Craig Jacobson, wanted me to play in the post. And I did. I, you know, he wanted me to play in the post, so I played in the post. Mm-hmm. Well, during our JV games, Tim gave me the freedom to do what I was good at. Mm-hmm. And I was okay in the post, Marty. You know, I wasn't like phenomenal, but I was tall enough to do some things. Mm-hmm. But I, I could really shoot it, and Tim let me shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And and so, I think that is the. And I, you know what? Even tomorrow when we start practice, that's going to be the most important thing that I try and get through to our kids is that I believe in them. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to set some limitations on what they can do and what they can't do and things like that. But whatever their role is, I want them to believe that it is really important to our team. Yep. Because it is. Yep. It is funny. Yep. Um, and um, so I think that that is that's one of the biggest things that Coach Higgins taught me is just the, the unwavering belief in my ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and my uncle Larry. Um, Larry Ribble, he, um, <clears throat> the biggest thing that he has allowed me to do is to be my own person. Um, and it, it's really hard, Marty, to, um, so every, every game that I have coached for my first 10 years of being a head coach, every single one, the officials or the opposing <laughs> coach, will come up to me and say, hey, is Larry your dad? Yeah. Or, or I know Larry, or some reference to Larry Ribble. Yeah. And I, I love my uncle. I love him so much. Yep. But it it is very, very difficult, Marty, to live with that and for that to be who I am. Yep. And um, what my uncle Larry has done is he has allowed me to be myself. Yep. He... We were getting the doors beat off of us at Milford when I was in Henderson, and they ran a one-three-one zone, and he could hardly stand it because he knew the answer, right? He, he knew what we should be doing, but he never told me. Yeah, he he has allowed me just to figure it out by myself and not be my dad and not be my coach. He's just been my uncle, and I. I don't tell him enough how much I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's important that we allow our kids to just, sometimes they have to fail, right? We have, we learn because we challenge ourselves. And if we're always giving the answers, we're, we're not promoting growth. And I think Larry has allowed me to find my own answers. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that's, um, you know, we're going to get to it a little bit later. Uh, I'm, you're starting to freak me out a little bit, Clark, because you're you're kind of stealing some of my thunder from later on here. This is twice you've you've stolen questions and things already. So uh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. no, it's okay. I, don't I, worry I, about I, it. I don't, I don't, don't have your it. questions in front of me. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike. How about that? So yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that's you know we we see that with uh, a, a youth today and. Uh, 
we, we do have a, a, a fear of failure for our children. And, and I know that when I failed, I'm sure it tore my parents apart, but they, they, for the most part, just step back and, okay, you got to figure it out, you know? And I, and I think as a coach, um, you, 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 you never really want to fail, but if you can take your inevitable failures, I think one of the things that we and, and all of us are at this point early in the season, we're all undefeated right now and we're all feeling good about everything that we're going to do. But there, there's going to be that stuff that's going to happen. Half of us are going to lose the, the, the first game on, on Thursday night. And yep. how do you handle it? And how do you twist yep. it? And if you can take that inevitable failure and, and we have to understand that failure is inevitable, bad things are going to happen to our teams. Um, if we're prepared to teach that and to teach through those things, then you'll get even better because of failure. Yep. I agree. I completely agree, Marty. Yep. How about, um, coming back to Nebraska and I always kind of, I'm always kind of curious folks that are, you're kind of a world traveler, Clark spending five years out on the coast, probably out on your surfboard, riding some waves in the Pacific and that type of stuff. Uh, but what's what's kind of you know coming back to Nebraska, growing up here, and then going out and, and coaching for a, a good chunk of time? Five years is a good chunk of time. Uh, yeah. What was kind of the biggest difference from California to uh, basketball here in Nebraska? Well, okay, so the easy answer is the shot clock, but that is not the biggest difference. The biggest difference, in my eyes, is um, the amount of travel, the, the traffic. So. We never had to travel more than probably 60 miles to play any of our games. This is before the postseason, Marty. Sure. Because there are just so many schools in California. I mean, you could – and if you're in L.A., you don't have to travel more than probably 15 or 20 miles Mm -hmm. to play your your entire regular season schedule. Um, You know, and the other part that is way different that I don't know if people know or not – is how much time you spend sitting in traffic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fast, we don't have to worry about it. Maybe in Omaha you do, but uh, not, not in Beatrice, <laughs> not, in, not in Henderson. You're I don't know. There's those couple of, there's those couple of stoplights in downtown when you're taking a left to go to the high school. And yes, we, yes, we, we got, we yeah. had to sit through like a couple of those one time, you know, yeah. and it was, it was, oh, that threw off our whole schedule. So, Here's a, here's a short story for you. I took my kids and my wife and I took our kids to Disneyland uh, a couple summers ago before COVID all hit. And anyway, we spent a, a morning at the beach and we had a 90 mile drive from the beach to where we were staying that night. Mm-hmm. And so it was Beatrice to Omaha, right? Yep. Hour and a half. No, no, no problem. We can get there in an hour 45 if traffic's bad. We spent eight hours, Marty, on the highway getting 90 miles. So, I mean, we never had to make that, make that truck um, when I coached at Marywood Palm Valley. But there were times where we had to leave earlier because traffic was going to be bad in L.A. And we had to, you know, account for that time. So, you know, the easy answer is shot clock. Um, but and there was a shot clock in California when I coached there. There still is a shot clock now. But I think the real answer is is the number of schools mm-hmm. uh, and the I guess the the short amount of 
distance you have to travel, but the more you have to plan um, for traffic on mm-hmm. your on your commute. Yep. Well, hey, you know, every it's 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 all relative. It, it's yeah. it's it's all relative. So it is. it is. Yep. A pen and a napkin university is offering you, our listeners, a great opportunity to learn more about coaching above and beyond the a pen and a napkin universe. In our video series detailing personal growth and development, you can purchase videos on topics like interviewing for a job, basketball analytics, and fundraising and social media. Go to a pen and a napkin dot com and follow the links to order. Videos are ten dollars a piece, or you can get the bundle for fifty dollars. That's less than eight dollars a video. We also have our defensive series available. Those videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the three-video bundle for $25. Check out the Appendant and Napkin University video library. So you, you, you go from Amherst to Heartland, and then the Beatrice position opens up, and it, it sounds like you were pretty, you know, you were, you were torn a bit. You really liked it at Heartland, but there was something gnawing at you. And, like, you know, we, we, we were talking pre uh, pre-recording, um, it, it wasn't a rebuild, but you know, the, the, the program was, you know, not reaching the, uh, success that it had come, you know, been accustomed to. And, you know, so obviously there's a great tradition there at Beatrice and, you know, state championships, consistent state tournament teams, um, you know, what was it like stepping into there and it's and it's um, uh, a unique situation than your previous two stops and, and what what changes did did you feel were the the top two or three things that you needed to to do to kind of get things back to where the folks of Beatrice are used to having it at yeah well that's a great question Marty there there were a lot of things that that needed my attention um uh, and just part of it was just getting here, right? Mm-hmm. The first, my first summer, um, we still hadn't sold our house in Henderson. And so I was driving back and forth. I was stayed in a rental house. It, it was, it was, it was a mess. But anyway, um, you know, it, and just getting to know the people, um, seeing who could help us. But the number one thing that I had to do was reestablish the importance of our youth program. We had a youth program, Marty. It's it's still here. It's called Beatrice Hoops. It's it's still alive and running, and, and we think it's doing well. Um, we have great leadership in that organization, um, and it it goes from third through eighth grade. Um, but for for a, for a time, it wasn't a priority. And so when I got here, you know, we had, we had meetings and, and I, I needed to find people who could help, but it was more about me being in the gym and making sure that our kids knew that they were important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we had open gyms and, we had camp and we had, you know, we had a, we had a thing that we called Dynast League. There's a, a pharmacy in town that, that um, sponsors a, a little league that we have in, in uh, July. And so we have a three on three league that, you know, um, our kids are a part of. And, um, 
I just wanted to make sure, Marty, we gave our kids, our boys in town, an adequate opportunity to participate in basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, outstanding opportunities to just get a ball in their hands and, and see our high school kids and um, develop a relationship with, with the high school coaches and with the hoops coaches, with our players, and make it all one um for lack of a better term, community. Uh, that was really important to me. That was that was the number one thing. And I actually thought, Marty, it was going to be, it was going to happen in reverse. I thought it was going to be our youth program that maybe jump-started our high school program. Mm-hmm. And what happened last year just reinforced what we're doing at the youth level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had it rolling, right? Yep. Year number two, we had a lot of kids involved in basketball. And then year number three, we won the state championship. And um, and now, we, I mean, we got kids who want to play basketball that, that you know, it's, it's their first time playing and they saw what it was like at Pinnacle Bank Arena last year and they want to be a part of it. So I think that was that was the most important thing was was reestablishing our youth program and the importance, the emphasis on youth in our in our town. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the other thing was was getting the right adults uh, in our program. There's there are a lot of adults that help it with Beatrice basketball, um, but I I think the mix the mix has to be right, right? Yeah. In terms of a, I use the analogy of, of a recipe. You know, if you're cooking, you have to have the right ingredients to make the, the meal taste good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the same thing in in coaching or leading an organization is you have to have the right people. And we have enough people here in Beatrice to, that want to help. And for me, you know, during the first few years, it was, it was just getting the right ingredients, the, the right people who can, who can help us, um, who share our vision, who it's just as important to them as, as it is to me. You know, I don't want, I don't want me to be the only one banging the drum. You know, we, we need more people. So that was another part that when I came to Beatrice that, that I just wanted to not, not to fix, Marty, that that wasn't no, no, and and and, was, and, I, and I put in my notes it was it was a rebuild that wasn't really a rebuild because yeah. you know it, it wasn't it wasn't you no. know no it, things were things were just a little things just had to be refocused. I mean this this community of Beatrice loves athletics. And they love they love a lot of athletics, not just mm-hmm. basketball, but basketball had kind of been kind of been the thing that had drove the community for the last 20 years since, mm-hmm. you know, 98 when we won the state championship. Um, so I'm not saying that's the most important by any means, but, but I think there's a lot of adults that, that grew up in that program who now are having kids go through that program, you know? So mm-hmm. I think finding that right mix of people who can help was important for me to do early on. When I moved to the actress. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of of that? You know, did you uh, obviously you're working with Jalen Weeks? 
Um, did you did you talk with Jim Weeks at all about the the, the program and and obviously uh, Jim built a, a a great great program uh, there at Beatrice. Did did you talk to him at all and kind of pick his brain a little bit about what to do? Yeah, you know when I was interviewed at Beatrice, I took a risk, uh-huh. and the risk was not being interviewed during the interview. Um, one of the people on the panel asked me about my relationship with Jim and Jim and I are very close friends. And I thought, Oh God, this could go one of two ways. Either <laughs> they're going to love the answer or they're going to hate it, but they're going to know where I stand. Yeah. They're going to know how I feel about Jim. And I love Jim weeks. And I tell him that every time I see him, um, and so I told the panel, I'm like, you know, Jim and I are very close friends. We talk a lot and we share a lot of the same beliefs. And so um, when I got the job in Beatrice, Jim, of course, offered his congratulations and has always been willing to um, share anything that I ever want. But he is of the same ilk of Larry, where he's not going to reach out and tell me what I need to be doing, but he will help guide me um, to my own answer or my own way of doing things. Um, but I have reached out to Jim. I, I do a lot um, because I think that he knows what it took to build Beatrice basketball. And he invested a lot of time and energy into developing what he built. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would be foolish of me to not reach out and see, you know, mm-hmm. ask, ask him what he did, why he did it. Um, does, he, does he think he would do anything different if he had to do it again? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we have to use each other and draw on each other's experiences to find the best solution for us. Yeah. And so, yeah, I reach out to Jim probably, probably once a month, just check in, you know, just see how he's doing. Um, see if he has any, anything um, to share with me about Beatrice. Um, but he has also allowed me to, to, to reach out to him. He's, he's not the one to reach out and tell me mm-hmm. this is how I did things at Beatrice. He, He'll answer my questions, but he he makes me reach out to him. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so you go. Uh, you 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 referenced it here. Um, third year, got a nice team. Uh, get down to the state tournament. Um, I believe six seed going into the tournament, right, Clark? I think you're yes. sixth. Yeah. Yep. Um, you and you just kind of caught a, caught a little lightning in the bottle for a few days. Um, you know, you, you, you play an Elkhorn Mount Michael team that's got, I don't know, like a hundred seniors on it that have started, all of them have started for four or five years, it feels like, uh, and you play well, uh, you beat Waverly in the semifinals, um, and then you play an extremely athletic Elkhorn team in the finals. It's a great game. It's a tough competitive game. I was, I had a great seat. I was sitting right at courtside, uh, on, on, on media row. Uh, watching the game, 
you literally go down to the buzzer, and and uh, Caden Glenn hits a desperation, about a thirty footer, uh, to put the game into overtime, and and you pull it out in OT. What was, what were those four or five days like, uh, going through that whole, just just that roller coaster of emotions, and and walking out of PBA with that state championship trophy in hand. Yeah. Well, let me go back just about a week and a half from that moment, Marty. And what happened to us on the Monday of sub-districts showed the resiliency of our kids. So uh, we were in a three-team sub-district with Norris and Nebraska City. And Nebraska City was our first opponent of the season. And they were our first opponent of the sub-districts at Norris. And um we we lost uh, Nebraska City beat us they played better than us we did not come out with great energy that game um, but what we did was we gave ourselves a chance um, because we had a decent regular season um, we gave ourselves a chance to be in the district finals mm-hmm. and so we came back to practice on Tuesday um, we said um, we are we still have a chance in this season to do everything that we set out to do and now it's up to us and we we were a senior heavy team Marty mm-hmm. we had five seniors of our top seven kids and they had a choice to make and it was either going to be mail it in you know we're done or let's go freaking fight mm-hmm. and you said when you started that question, Marty, you had a nice, a nice team. We had an exceptional team that, that mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And it, it fires me up when people, um, people refer to our state championship as lucky. And I've heard it before. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, I, I didn't mean to insinuate no, that it was lucky. No, you know, I mean, not, you earned it. Not, not, not you, Marty, but, uh-huh. but you know, like just people who, who refer to that, that week that we had, because mm-hmm. it, it was a week. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the three day normal state tournament that you normally have. But um, you know, I just I think that our kids responded to adversity. Uh-huh. We we played Aurora in the in the district finals at home, um, and uh, we beat Aurora. It was a close game, three point game. It was, and we had beat Aurora pretty bad earlier in the year. They came back and they gave us a great game at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we were in and then, you know, I, I, somebody interviewed me after we beat Aurora. Like, you know, what do you think your chances? And I told him, I remember this quote. I said, we have a 12 and a half percent chance to win. Just yeah. like everybody else. Just like everybody else. Yeah. Just like everybody else. Yeah. And, and um, so our entire focus our entire focus for that week of practice was on Mount Michael. Yep. I mean, shoot, Marty, we were in the same conference as them mm-hmm. up until we we established a Trailblazer conference, and we had never beat it. We we had been very close several times, um, but you know, our kids showed an unwavering belief that they could win, mm-hmm. an unwavering belief. Never once did we ever talk about what's going to happen if we lose or what's going to happen um, if they do this. 
we knew exactly our game plan in every situation that they put us in because mm-hmm. they did they they, they uh they put us in some situations that were uncomfortable. They, they ran a one, three, one zone that, that was not fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and they were, they were a traditional one, three, one team until kind of the middle of, of the year before that. And then they kind of played some more man to man defense. And so like, since we didn't play them that year, Marty, we were like, how are they going to play us man or zone? And we were completely ready. Yep. We, we were very confident in our game plan. And so we get past that game. Um, and then we, we play Waverly who we had just played about three weeks before that. Waverly is our last regular season game of the, of the season. Um, so we were very comfortable with the game plan for Waverly and shoot. Marty, that was a two point game with about two minutes to go. And we had a kid make eight free throws in a row to, to seal it. So then we are we are at the top of Pinnacle Bank Arena after our game, and we had already seen um, Elkhorn beat Norris. Mm-hmm. And one of our assistant coaches said, Ribble, let, let me stay up and watch Elkhorn, and I'll have the game plan ready for tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, Decker. His name's Zach Decker. I'm like, all right, Deck. I'm like, do you want to stay up now, or do you want to go to bed? Like, because we were going to go home at halftime of the uh, Miller North game. Uh-huh. Do you want to go to bed and then wake up at like two and then grind it out? He said. Uh, he said, let, let me let's let's go home. He he went to bed. He woke up at one thirty. He watched film, and we we met at seven o'clock that morning. And we had practice that morning of the state final at eight o'clock, and we installed our game plan for for Alcorn High. Mm-hmm. And um, w- without the the commitment of our coaching staff, we wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were, you know, you don't take time in the moment, Marty, to like sit back and think, "Damn, this is pretty cool." Yeah. Because we were so laser focused on what we have to do in the next moment to win the game. Yeah, we, you don't have. I didn't. I didn't take time to sit back and appreciate what we were doing because we were, we just had a goal. Mm-hmm. We had we had a mission, and um, I guess it. We got home. We got home that night. And we had a nice meal waiting for us in the commons area of our high school. Um, I went home, uh, woke up the next morning, and this is the only game, the only game, Marty, that I've watched of last year's team mm-hmm. is that I had to go watch the state final just to make sure it was real. Yeah. Yeah, because because I mean, you're just caught up in in helping these five seniors go out the right way, and I know it doesn't happen like that in every situation. Sure, I've had I've had twelve other classes of seniors that it didn't end up that way, um, you know. But but looking back on it, you know, it was a magical run. It was. It was one of the most fun weeks I've had 
in basketball, playing or coaching or uh, spectating in my life. It was just the community support that we felt, um, the bond that we formed as coaches together during that week was was just and so we met we met Sunday night morning we just we just met just a few hours ago and and I said you know guys um, and we just talked about kind of our philosophy of, of what we do and how we do it and Zach looked at me and he said Riddle we know he said he's like we got this. And I think that's what we're building here is, is something where there's an unspoken trust, an unspoken um, commitment that we have to each other because we've been through the journey. Mm-hmm. We've been through, we've been through tough times. Marty, in year number one, we were six and 14. We weren't very good. Yep. We, we were not good at all, but we, played a lot of those same kids that were on that state championship team in year number one when I was here mm-hmm. because we didn't have a lot of seniors. We didn't have a lot of juniors. Yep. I mean, we just, so the kids know what to expect from us. Um, we've been clear with our expectations from, from day number one. And it's, you know, that, that was a wonderful journey that, our team got to go on. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope, I hope Marty, I never forget it because it was, it was awesome. Yeah. My mother, my mother flew back for the state tournament and she was, she was at every game and she got to enjoy it. She got to embrace the moment with us. And it was, it was cool. It was some, it was some, it was a great, great feeling. Great story, man. That 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 was that was that was awesome to listen to, and uh, you know it's it's just 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 hearing that and the way that like you said the kids fought through adversity, and and like we were talking about a few minutes ago, sometimes you got to fail before you succeed, and and the kids failed against Nebraska City, so to speak. Uh, yeah. They were given an, an opportunity uh, to have some redemption. They learned from it, and and they just they just found a way, and and. Uh, uh, there, there's no such thing for, for those that may have said something that it was like, there's no such thing as a lucky championship. That's, that's a bunch of BS, um, to, to win a chance to, to win a game is hard, let alone a championship. And, and so, um, I, I, I've, I've been there, I've come close a couple of times, um, and it's 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 hard. That final step is always the hardest. And hats off to you and your kids for making it happen, man. It was it was a it was a joy to watch. It was a joy to watch. So I'm gonna take this a different route, Marty. Okay, it, it was hard, right? It was hard. It, it was it was really hard. Um, but there are things that are way 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 harder. Absolutely. That, that we as humans have to deal with. Um, that our students have to deal with. Um, I think the last 18 months have taught us that, Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm going to bring this full circle because um, there's some that know my story and there's some that don't. But, you know, there's major adversity that some people have had to deal with. And, you know, we talk a lot about my Uncle Larry and 
he's awesome. But my father, Ralph, my dad, died when I was 17 years old. And so when we think we're dealing with adversity in a basketball game, yeah, like we're trying to do our best. We're trying to win. We're trying to do things to improve our situation. We're trying to give our kids opportunities. But a lot of our kids are dealing with things that are way, way, way more difficult than basketball in their home lives. And so, you know, just I just want to make sure we keep it in perspective. Yeah, basketball is important, but, you know, dealing with adversity and and finding the next play and always finding solutions to whatever issues that we have are much more important than a basketball game or tournament or victory. Um, and, you know, that, that just... I didn't mean to take that to a whole different level there, Marty, but it's important that people understand that you and I and the other 500 head coaches in Nebraska are humans before we're coaches. Yep. And we have other things that that we've had to deal with to get to where we are. Mm -hmm. And I, I think those things are important, Marty. Mm-hmm. Things are are often overlooked um, because they just they see what we do on Friday nights. Yep, they, they you know and and we're rightfully I would say judged on what they see, but they have to understand that we are also humans who are dealing with our own struggles yeah. and our own adversity and and trying to find our own way still after. Uh, my entering my 19th year of coaching and i'm sure you're way more than me marty um but we're, we're still trying to find our way and we don't have all the answers and um we need to lean on each other and support each other especially during our hardest times so that we can see our way out through the end yeah oh yeah and and you know it's 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 great that you're bringing that up coach uh we're at the john wooden quote of the day uh, for those of you that didn't hear last week's, uh, for the first 100 po- or 99 podcasts or 100, whatever the number was, I don't know, I can't remember. Uh, we went with the Don Meyer quote of the day, and now we're going to switch it up from one goat to the other, and uh, we're going to go with the John Wooden quote of the day, and it's just kind of been kind of the theme of the evening here, Clark. Uh, the John Wooden quote of the day: most uh, most good things come through adversity. Adversity can make us better. We must be challenged to improve, and adversity is the challenger. And, you know, to me, uh, when, when you're building that program, when you're going through those inevitable ups and downs, uh, there's going to be people listening to this podcast this week that are going to have to make some really, really tough decisions on putting kids on a team or having to possibly cut some kids from their yeah. team. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's hard on us. That, that is, I've always said that the three worst day of, of the season for coaches is the day that you hand out the uniforms, the day that you take in the uniforms and the day that you have to cut kids and the, and cutting kids is the worst thing that you, that's the worst thing a coach ever has to do. I, I think. And uh, I'm just using that as an example. Uh, yeah. But, but we're, we're all going through it. And, and uh, very few of us, go through it unscathed. And and I also think, to kind of bring it a little bit full circle, 
sometimes we as coaches will look down the sideline and and see a, a guy who or a gal who is uh, you, you feel like from the outside looking in they really got it rolling they've got a successful program but sometimes the more successful you get um, that also brings with it its own set of headaches because then you have everybody that wants a piece of that pie as well yeah, totally. and and, yeah. and and so I I, I I I think that at any point when we don't think that there's going to be adversity that's when we need to get our antenna up at its highest because that's when we're uh, most likely to get hit with ad- adversity and and we've got to be ready to handle it at, at all times you know I, I think and I think that comes with experience too yeah I I completely agree Marty you know winning the state championship has been a great thing for our community and I'm, I'm not poo-pooing that I think it's it's great it's mm-hmm. been a phenomenal year for Beatrice but um, when that happened, it has brought along with it a lot of other stuff. Yep. You know, I, I think that the media, I mean, you would not be interviewing me right now if we hadn't won the state championship. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, that, it, it made it a lot easier for you to reach out, right? No, no. I mean, I got a list. I got a list. I, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I, I spend time thinking really about these things. It just it brings with it a lot of expectations. Sure, a lot, a lot of more, a lot more media requests, a lot, a lot more scrutiny. Right? I mean, people want to know what we're doing, and it's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not denigrating that at all. But I do think that um, it is hard. Uh, life is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, daily, we every morning, I think we should we should write down three things we want to do. Um, just just as motivation. Uh, if you write it down, you're more likely to achieve it. You're more likely to do it. Follow through with it. Um, you know. But you're right. Like there are things that that we have to deal with as successful people um, that some people just don't understand. They just, they, and they just haven't been through it yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think if, if I were a fourth year coach, uh, fourth year head coach, and I was going through this right now, I would have handled myself Way differently, Marty. Yep. Way differently than uh, than a fourteenth year head coach. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm grateful that that we went two and eighteen one of those years. You know, it it taught me to keep fighting. Yeah. But I I think it, it I've gained a lot of perspective uh, in that amount of time also, mm-hmm. and and understanding that winning is important, but it's not the end all be all. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think the ultimate the ultimate judge of our job is that relationship that you have with your players five years after they graduate, 10 years after they graduate. Do they ask you to be a reference on the resume? Yeah. Um, that's when I think we've really succeeded as as coaches and, and, and there are going to be folks that disagree with that. I know you and I both know that there's coaches that are out there that well, we got to win and all that matters is winning. And, and I'm like, okay, good for you. And, um, 
if that's your perspective, you're entitled to that perspective, but I feel sorry for that perspective. I think that's a pretty empty perspective because you and I both know that that, that, that glow of winning wears off and then what, and and, and then what do you have? And, and I think that uh, by going through some of that adversity, like you talked about yet a year where you went to an 18, um, I, I honestly, uh, taking the two years off, um, when, when we got our first win last year, it was just so much more of an appreciative uh, appreciation for it because mm-hmm. I, I know, I know for a fact that, uh, winning was a relief and losing was misery. And, yeah. and by God, you know, some, some of those priorities can get kind of really skewed. And, uh, so I, I, I think that, just battling it through, having that right perspective, knowing what you want to bring to it, knowing that there's going to be adversity all, along the way, and not getting too wound up over the adversity, just adversity, just keeping yourself working through it, and and you're going to be okay. Yep, yep. That's that's a that's a great way to put it, Marty. I, yeah. Well, there's going to be difficult things we have to deal with, and we have to find a way to get through them. Yep. Yep. So. Well, let's jump into something else here, Clark. Uh, you you kind of talked about this a little bit, um, so let's kind of combine these two into one here. Um, and, and you've, like I said, you've touched on it a little bit more, or you already touched on it a little bit earlier. Excuse me. Uh, you, you you know your organizing of your program and and building a community culture. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, we touched on it a bit. Um, you know, kind of go into maybe some more details of what you guys do with your youth program and building that community culture and some of those things that we talked about earlier. Yep. So, um, we do a lot. We give our, we give our youth. And when I talk about youth, I, I'm specifically referring to our kindergarten through eighth graders. Um, and sometimes it's, it kind of varies, but our, when I talk about our youth, it's kindergarten through eighth grade. Uh, we just try and give them a plethora of opportunities to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like for us is um, we hold camp uh, every May, you know, the, the week after school gets out. Um, and we have anywhere between 100 to 200 um, kindergarten through eighth grade boys who come to camp. Um, and then in, um, usually the Mondays in July, uh, we'll have a three on three league, um, just with our kids. This is, this is just Beatrice kids. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, so we'll bring, we'll have grade levels combined so we can have, we can mix the teams. And so they're not always with the same grade, with the same group. Um, but we'll have a three on three league that we have on Monday nights in July. Um, and usually we have kindergarten and first graders play together and we have second and third graders play together usually. Um, and then we just go on up from there. Um, you know, but I, I think it, what we do in that is we rotate the teams weekly. So they're not always playing with the same players every week. So um, one week, Jimmy might be with Johnny, but in week number two, Johnny's with Sam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so 
so they get to know other players. You know, I want them to get to know each other and, and have a relationship and know what they're going to do on the court. So um, in our Dynasty three-on-three league, we rotate the players. And then um, usually in October, September or October, um, for four Saturdays, we run a, a five-on-five league that we call Pinnacle League. And Pinnacle Bank is, is generous enough to to buy all of our kids basketballs, boys and girls. Um, and so we run a five on five league just for our kids and Beatrice. Um, and we, in that league, we keep the same teams. And so, um, you know, they, they get to have some camaraderie with their team and, and understand how to make their team better and kind of grind through about eight games, um, in their, in their age group. And, you know, what's, what's really cool is their team will play, right? There, there'll be a fifth and sixth grade team that will play. Well, if another team that plays at a different time slot doesn't have enough players, then we'll just, we'll have some of those other players sub in. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're getting to play more if they just stick around because, you know, sometimes kids will miss, they'll be on family, family vacations or, or whatever's going on. And so we'll just need more players. So they'll get to play more. Um, and I'm going to say this is the most important Marty and people will disagree and that's fine. But the most important thing we do all year with our youth and, and in terms of youth right now for just for this thing, I am talking fourth through eighth grade is every weekday in the summer, from 8 to 10 o'clock, we have open gym. And we have it down at the city auditorium, which is downtown Beatrice, which is um, about a block and a half from our, our Sunrise Bakery. Um, and what we have is we have, we have a skills portion of it where we coach them and we teach them how to dribble or shoot layups or receive a pass. And then we give them time at the end to play. Um, and sometimes we have four on four. Sometimes we have five on five. Sometimes we have five on five on five. And it just depends on the number of kids that we have there. Um, but in my mind, that is what separates us uh-huh. is our, our commitment to having open gym in the summer. And the term open gym, I know, is it's meant a lot of different ways to a lot of different people, but ours is very organized. Our high school coaches are there. Um, when we're able, if we don't have a team camp or something like that, yep. um, but we are actively coaching our kids, trying to help them understand the game better. And they are put in a lot of situations, Marty and open gym where they can draw on that experience later on in their in their middle school season or in their hoop season where if we didn't have that, that would be their first time in that situation, but they've seen it before. Mm-hmm. We keep score. There's winners and losers. And, you know, we'll, we'll put them in a situation where uh, it's a two point game and there's 10 seconds left. And you got to go the length of the court. And then what do you do? Yep. And so they've got an idea, right? We, we don't tell them exactly what to do in every situation, but they, they've at least felt what their body feels in that moment. 
and they know how far they can get in 10 seconds or 20 seconds or how long a minute is in a mm-hmm. game. And um, they start to understand what kind of shots we want in those situations. Um, and so those are the things in the summer that we do and, and kind of in the fall. Mm-hmm. And then that leads us into our hoop season, which is our third through eighth grade um, youth organization, which encompasses a lot of adults. A lot of people help with it. Yeah. Um, and then that, that ties in more of the community aspect. But all those other things, Marty, we invite parents to stay. They can attend camp if they want. They can watch their kids play in all of our leagues. Um, so we encourage that. We pull out the bleachers and we have a few rows every time that we have something where parents can sit and watch and they can listen to us coach their kids. Um, it doesn't really work well for a lot of parents to stay at open gym because we it's usually when they're working. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that ties in the community aspect that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. is they know exactly how we are treating their kids because they're, they're able to stay if they want. And mm-hmm. they've, they've seen how we interact with, um, with their sons and, and they're, they're and they trust us. They mm-hmm. trust what we're doing with our kid. Yeah. So. Well, and, and I think you, you bring up, you know, probably the greatest point that you bring up Clark and this is what we're trying to do at Fort Calhoun is the the most important thing you can do to build your program is just get kids in the gym. And, you know, I always tell not only my, my, my players, but my students, the most important ability you can have is availability because you can't, you can't get anything done unless you're there. And once we got them there, the, the, the second most important thing you can do is have them more excited about basketball by the time that they leave than the time that they got there. And, yeah. and if you can do those two things, you're going to build your program. We just talked about this last, last Thursday. We had a kid leave a ball in the gym, okay? And I don't know if it was an elementary kid or a high school kid. It doesn't matter. We had that conversation with the Marty about leaving – whatever situation you are in better than when you found it, when you got there. And so the vehicle was the ball in the gym, right? Don't leave a ball in the gym. You know, we want to leave things better than when we found it, but that's, that's with everything. That's with, that's with our little kids, you know, coming in the gym and getting to know one of the high school kids. Mm -hmm. That's with me having an encounter with um, one of our staff members and trying to brighten their day. It's with everything. If you can have that outlook, you're going to find success. Mm-hmm. You just, at that point, if you find that tipping point, you you cannot avoid the success. Yeah, it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I agree. And and I think we get caught up a lot in drills and signing up for this team camp and doing this and doing that. But doggone, just sometimes the most important thing you can do is just get them in that doggone gym. And and we, we have like a, a point system that we use in the yep. summertime uh, for this, that, and the other thing. But the, the highest points that you can get is just attendance. You're there. Okay, if you're there, then it's my job to make you better over that next hour. And, and if you're not better, then you know what? 
I screwed up. And, and that's the way we value it. And, and it's really worked for us. I'm going to, I'm going to say something, Marty. It might fire some people up, but it's just what I feel. And it's go for it, man. Yeah. The, the more that we can have our kids in Beatrice playing with Beatrice kids, right? I talk about that a lot, right? We, we, when I talk about camp, it's Beatrice kids. When I talk about Dynasty League, it's Beatrice kids. When I talk about Pinnacle League, it's Beatrice kids. I, I don't necessarily um, have a problem with club ball, but I do think there is a benefit, an inherent benefit to playing basketball with the kids that you're going to play with in high school. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I know that not everyone has those opportunities. Yep. And so, you know, the, the club scene is good for those families, for those communities where you don't have enough kids. But what we've really, what we strive to do in Beatrice is allow our kids to play with other kids from Beatrice mm-hmm. because that's who they're going to end up playing with. I, I don't know why we would promote sending our kids to Lincoln and playing with a whole bunch of kids that are not Beatrice kids. Mm-hmm. And and I, I know there is a place and a reason for club ball. I got it. But if we want our kids to understand how to play together, then they have to play together, Marty. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's no way around it. Yeah. Yeah, you can't replace that chemistry. You can't. You can't just no. invent it. You know, it, it's no. got to be organic. And and Marty, I'm going to tell you something. Last year, we had those five seniors. They, with the exception of Caden, they all four of those kids played together from third grade through high school. Mm-hmm. And so it's no it's no accident. For people that say. Oh, well, it just happened. No, it didn't. Mm-mm. It doesn't just happen for any team. Yeah. There is a conscious effort of why it happens. Yeah. And for those kids, those four kids, I'm going to say their names on here. Devin Smith, Bennett Crandall, Jace Pethod, and Bryant Jurgens. Those four kids are tough. And they stuck it out when other kids didn't want to. And I think it's important that people know that they played together and they were committed to each other and they stuck it out through the through the worst times that I've been a coach in Beatrice and they saw it through to the end. Yeah. And that's important. Mm-hmm. Important. It, it, what's what's the saying? Uh, an overnight success is usually years in the making. Yeah, it was. Oh my gosh, it was. It was almost a decade, Marty. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's no accident. And, and they got started at the right age with the right people. Yep. Helping, helping them learn the fundamentals. Absolutely. Coach Ribble, it's been a great conversation tonight, man. Uh, appreciate all you brought to the table. Uh, and, and, and just uh, I, 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 I love hearing you talk, man. I, I, I love hearing you talk, and I love your perspective on things. And, you know, uh, now that I can, I, I can say this that I'm we're we're no longer in the same conference with your school. 
I wish yep. you nothing but the best of luck. I hope you do really, really well. <laughs> no, 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 no. Two or three years ago, I couldn't say that, but now I can say that comfortably and say, "Hey, I wish, I wish you nothing but the best." So I, I, I hope you've enjoyed your time on here, Coach. Well, it's been a blast, Marty. You know, I, I, I love helping people, and if you know if somebody gets something out of this um, that either helps them as a coach helps him as a person, helps him as a parent. And I feel like I've done something something worthwhile. Well, you definitely have, because I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of good things about our conversation tonight. So uh, any social media that you would uh, like to, to share with folks to about you or your, your program at all? You know, if you're interested, we have a Beatrice Hoops Twitter page. Um, we have Beatrice Hoops on Facebook. Um, Marty, I'm not great. I'm not. I'm not great at updating our social media. um, But I do think I do think it's a great vehicle to get people information and get people excited about 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 certain things. Yeah. When when used correctly, it's a wonderful thing. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not always used correctly. Uh, Boy, that's the truth. That is the truth. That's so. All right. Well, hey. Clark, have a have a great first practice tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I know you, your your kids are going to be ready to roll. Um, you know, you're going to have great energy in the in the gym tomorrow. And and I just hey, just just get one percent better tomorrow. That's all you can worry about, right? That's it. That's it. Yep. All can't, right. can't wait for tomorrow, Marty. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with your listeners. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, hold the line here a second as we wrap stuff up here. Uh, Clark Ribble, the boys' basketball coach at Beatrice High School here in Beatrice, Nebraska. Uh, again, we want to thank our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic. Uh, if you if you are in need of chiropractic services, don't hesitate to give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300. Excuse me. Follow us on Twitter, at uh, a pen and a napkin. Download, rate, review this podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at pen and a napkin at gmail.com. It has been a privilege to have Clark Ribble, uh, the boys' basketball coach at Beatrice, Nebraska, on the podcast tonight. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.